0: We love to sing the song, It Is Well With My Soul. But I'm going to ask you that question. Is your soul prospering? Is it well? I have found that it is so important for us to look at our mind, our will, and emotions, our soul, our personality, to really examine it, to live in wholeness, to live the life That Jesus is calling us into, that life in abundance to the full. And one of my key scriptures is 3 John 2, which says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And the King James Version even begins the verse with John saying, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So that soul prosperity, thriving soul, is key to having life as Jesus intends for it. So we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about emotional wellness, uh, how it can be well with your soul, not just your thoughts, but dealing with strong emotions. And how do we grow and mature? And in my last episode, I talked about the importance of a faithful mindset that is motivated by love, that when we grow and mature, we grow in faith. And so this is going to be enhancing that, but I want to really talk about a soul that thrives. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be because you were created to thrive. Well, friends, I am a transformation specialist. I have been renovating homes, designing kitchens, transforming lives. I'm an agent of change. I've been doing this for decades. And as a believer, we tend to hear Romans 12 2 a lot, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, so then that we can prove out the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But what I have found is that we focus so much on the mind renewal, or the intellectual, but transformation is an inside-out process. And it's with our heart, our belief system, that we are going to act upon. And so I have my husband on today to really discuss this soul-thriving process and the transformation from the inside out. So welcome, Fred. I know that uh, we've been talking a lot about this lately just because of what we're going through, so I'm glad to have you back on the show.
1: Well, I'm pre- I appreciate that, and uh, I think it's an important topic to discuss about, um, because like you said in the introduction, we spent a lot of time renewing our mind, you know, going through the motions of, of, of learning, right? And, um, and I think when you start talking about the soul, you actually start talking about not just learning, but understanding and implementing. So, I think it's very critical you just move it to a higher level where it not only just affects your your thinking, but affects the way you actually respond to yourself, respond to people and those others around you. Right. So, great topic. Thanks yeah. for having me in, involved.
0: Yeah. Well, and in, in you're part of this journey because we've gone through counseling. You know, we, and I've talked about this before, when we were um, separated and we reconciled in our marriage, we went through the counseling, but then we've also um, had some uh, coaching and the coaching is really about looking at these strong emotions and i did an episode uh, 44 I did an episode called Free to Be Me, Four Tips to Really Unlock the Real You. And then in episode 54, I talked about experiencing emotional wellness with Lisa Pinney, who has been my coach, and you even did a session with her. And that's really been something that we have been walking through, the fact that we are so often um, trained to do the word, but we're not really looking at the soul aspect, meaning the our feelings, those strong emotions, because needs drives behavior. And I have found that so often messages are about behavior modification, do this so you won't do this, so you won't sin. And sin is really just missing the mark. And of what God has for us, so we're going to talk about what's behind that behavior, that need, that emotional need, and why it's so important that and critical for our health to have a prospering or thriving soul.
1: Well, I think you hit the the, the, the correct verse for this it was the third John two, and you know when you prosper and be in health, just as your soul prospers, right? That that is in my mind, that is kind of like the high water mark of your life that you your life, happiness, joyfulness, all these things in your life will and the things that you would prosper and cannot go above it can only go to the extent in which your soul is prospering. It can't go above it. It's impossible. I mean, it just really is. And so I think it's a it's an appropriate scripture. And I and I don't think enough focus has been given into the soul prosperity part in in, in going through what we've through our lives and through 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 learning, memorization, doing all these disciplines, but you know, very I think very little, not enough is really talked about soul's prosperity. So third John two is very critical, and, and I think it's important you identify what what is your soul. Yeah, people have to get an understanding. Well, well, I know what my soul is. It's you know, it, it's it's how my the way I respond to people, the real me, and how I engage the world. Correct. Um, but it's your mind will emotions and and people will say it's your mind will and emotions, but I'd also add your imagination right That's it's something I firmly believe in. And we spent so much time renewing the mind, so much time trying to discipline our mind, trying so much time to intellectualize the mind and and, and, and try to make sure that we have the right whatever it is, the right scripture, the right doctrine I mean, even in the secular, the right business plan and then so much time is spent planning our thoughts and disciplining our thoughts to the, to a, to an outcome that we desire. But such very little is done in terms of the emotion side and the imagination side. And and I so I really think it's real important that we discuss that.
0: Yeah. And we've been on this journey and as you know, it's not easy and what we call heart work, it's messy. And we all I think we're we're You and I both were unaware of our emotional needs because we really weren't taught. And when we can look at our strong emotions in a very healthy way and process that, step into it, have that emotional trust to say, here's how I'm feeling, but I had to realize I didn't even think that I could talk about my feelings because all I heard from the faith community was you don't live by your feelings and you almost ignore your feelings because you've got to live by faith. But um, why I talked about obedience is I can obey, but if my heart's not involved – God's a heart God, and he wants our heart response, and sometimes it takes us a point to get to that heart response, to where we can give him our yes and know and trust that he is so for us.
1: Well, I I said something earlier about um, um, the soul being the extent of which how the high watermark of, of, of the life that you live, right? But also take that a step farther and say that the emotions side of your soul are the high water mark of your soul. So what I'm saying is if if your emotions aren't prospering in line with, with how God created you in and, and that, then then that's, that, that is the high water mark. So you, if your emotions are not healthy, if your emotions are not in line with, with who God created you be, if you haven't dealt with things in your emotions, your light, your soul will only prosper to the extent to which that's the case. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if your soul is hampered, therefore your life will be hampered. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that your that the that the, the your emotions are really the the baseline, in that your life really if really will only go to the extent in which those emotions are, are healthy. And, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, in Ecclesiastes 3, 4, the, you know, King Solomon said, there's a time, time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Well, what's that all about? That's all about the emotional side of life. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time, we love to laugh, we love to dance, we really don't like to weep, so we try to repress that. And the other thing I really want to take a second on is it says there's a time to mourn, mm-hmm. you know? And we and we look at that and what do we think about mourning? We think about loss of others. Mm-hmm. But I also want to, I, I think what God leads me to believe, you know, sometimes we have to mourn for ourselves, the things that have happened to us, the things that we've went through, the bad choices we've made, the these things that hamper our emotions or make us check our emotions down, hamper them and, and not allow them to heal. Mourning is really part of a healing process. Mm-hmm. And I think from an emotional perspective, we have to take time sometimes to mourn for ourselves and and and, and go through that healing process of remembering and, yeah. and and releasing things and forgiving people and forgiving ourselves and going through that mourning process to to really set our soul up for in our, our emotions up for, for healing and and for moving forward and for in really moving into that person that God created created us to be.
0: Yeah, and that's such a great important point is We all have experiences from our past, that, um, both positive and negative experiences, and um, we have what we call trauma responses that we don't even recognize that we um, are responding in a way based on that negative experience and the story that we've told ourselves, and then we project that into our present as well as our future. And this is a journey that the Lord has had me on and now with you as well. Um, in looking at what is it about me that reacts the way I do, and I've had to really look at my heart and give myself that space to, to really have my eyes opened, my spiritual eyes open, or the eyes of my understanding, as Paul talks about in Ephesians, enlightened to know what's behind that and to really grieve what was either done to me in the past what I participated in, or even just um, not stepping in to really allow myself to feel. I would just develop some unhealthy coping strategies of uh, self-protecting, self-sabotage. I would get overwhelmed and then shut down, or I would try to make myself small because of negative things people had said over me. I took them as a limiting belief about myself and so this has been a whole journey of going into this um i'm doing this resiliency coaching program with lisa penny to be a certified um, resiliency coach that was not my intention my intention was just to get my heart healed but as i've been doing this coaching with other people seeing their transformation and then even stepping in it with you and helping you process your emotions as well
1: well and and you know the emotions are just the emotions are are so critical and first i'd like to also say um well i'd like to also say is emotions are good and they're not bad
0: right correct
1: and so why are they good because God created them, we're in
0: His likeness. Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 so emotions are good, and it's something that you you know, we, we need not shy away from. In fact, we need to engage our emotions and Correct. go through the process of dealing with our emotions and and getting them on track with how God really really intended us to use His emotions. Yeah. And and if you go through Scripture, <clears throat> starting out from the feasts, so why did God have feasts? Because He wanted people to, to be to be in a they want they. He wanted them to remember all the good things that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted them to be thankful. He wanted them to rejoice. And he wanted people to be in community in a, in a, in a celebration. I mean, it was a command. But at the end of the day, he wanted, wanted people to celebrate with very positive emotions and wanted them to remember so they can come back to be the people that he created to be. Mm-hmm. Likewise, to this day, nothing's changed. He just wants us to remember, be thankful, celebrate together, and live through a heart of healthy emotions, which translates into now a, a, a healthy imagination. Mm-hmm. Because you just said earlier, what you know, you always tell me, what what message are you telling yourself? Well, that's in your imagination. Yeah, it's in your belief system. And by going through a mourning and dealing with things of those past and dealing with them, which is healthy, by the way, you know, you, you'd be able to set your heart right, your mind correctly, and then you can actually start start having your imagination, that story or things that who you really are come into alignment with the will of God has for your life.
0: Yeah. You know, I think about Mary in, in Luke 1 when the angel Gabriel comes to her and tells her that, you know, The Holy Spirit's going to come upon her, and she's going to conceive the Messiah. And she goes through the process of questioning, how can this be? Because she's a virgin. And it says that she agreed with the Lord. So she says, um, according to your word, let it be done to me. And I think we've been taught that we've got to agree with God's word. And absolutely, 100%, we have to partner with God and come into an agreement. But I've heard very few messages about the next thing she does say is, my soul does magnify the Lord. Our soul is a magnifier, and a magnifier makes things bigger and larger. And that is where we have to look at that, magnifica- that rejoicing and singing of, even though we don't understand it, we know that we're partnering with God in a way that is going to give us that joy and peace, really that fruit, but it comes as a magnifier.
1: Uh, well, no question about it. And I think if you go through Scripture, I think Mary had it figured out from the day that the angel appeared to her. And if you actually read through her, um, her account on the first miracle, already mm-hmm. right, turned water into wine at the wedding. The wedding, wedding. Yeah. Um, What was Mary's heart? Mary's heart was... Compassion. For the compassion. For the people, which always compassion always motivates God, right? Yeah. He'd compassion and love and compassion. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know he's compassionate and and uh, Mary's heart was for the the culturally if you run out of wine that wasn't a good thing back then by yeah, the way. There's a lot of brought shame, correct?
0: To the family. So
1: so Mary Dishonored. Mary's heart wasn't so much for Jesus to step in his ministry. Right. Mary's heart. Was a compassion an emotional compassion knowing that this family this couple would bear that burden of shame and the family would probably for 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 a long 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 period of time so her heart was right and yeah. her emotional reply to jesus went to the father was pretty significant so she understand that from emotional side of what it would be and and, and um you know and she moved she moved the father to 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 motivate Jesus to do his first miracle. Yeah. Because Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Right. And Mary's emotional plea to the Father. Yeah. Was so significant that Jesus had a green light to do something yeah. about it. And yeah. and I and so let's not I don't want you know, everybody wants to focus on the miracle, but let's take a second and think about about Mary and how she interpreted the emotions and carried that compassion yeah. which was emotional mm-hmm. t- toward per toward people and, and and with that compassion and with that love and and um emotions are important how we how we encounter god yeah and emotions are important how we encounter each other yeah. and when we repress them right and we have mm-hmm. a tendency to repress them we avoid conflict we avoid the tough conversations mm-hmm. we avoid mourning um right mm-hmm. um and 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 I say healthy emotions are something that we need to speak about more often and, and and need to move toward dealing with, because it's a reality that affects our world. We're either going to grow out of it and grow into the people we're called to be, or we're going to shrink back. Yeah. And I don't think the Lord has called us to shrink back, because He's an expansive God, and He created us to be, to be to be conformed in His image and His likeness. Therefore, we need to focus on, also focus on, um, a um, uh, healthy emotions.
0: Correct. Yeah. And that is really what I am stepping into. I am a Bible teacher, and but this emotional component of it has really set me free as well as it's setting you free. And we're growing closer together because it's that transformational process. God is a heart God. And that is what uh, is so important to have that component. And, you know, I like what you were saying that our, we don't live by our emotions, but they're like an instrument panel on our, our vehicle. We don't drive looking at our instrument panel, but we know that we've got to have it because they're gauges They give us cues to see what's really going on that we're not even aware of. And so uh, that's, it's so important that we do that so i appreciate you having this conversation with me
1: oh yeah it's yeah emotions are a um because that's not
0: easy for you you have never wanted to really look at your emotions because it especially for a man it can often show a sign of weakness because of what culturally we're taught
1: no very much so suck it up buttercup <laughs> i mean seriously you grow up don't cry don't right. do this don't do right. that or i'll and give everything you something is, to cry yeah, about everything's you know. everything's about harnessing your emotions or, or being emotional in a certain way I put right. it in a can and the only thing i can do is go back to and look at the compassion jesus had at the wedding look at the compassion he had when when lazarus was dead yeah right i mean he jesus what did what? He, what did he do so jesus, jesus didn't harness his emotion i mean he demonstrated his compassion with yeah. tears. He also demonstrated his anger at he the did. temple. Yeah. And all right. Yeah. I mean, if you so Very you much. think about it. And he also he also mm-hmm. exhibited his his emotional laughter because he he was the most joyful of all. Yeah. So he laughed, he cried, he got angry. Yeah. Jesus did not hold back his the, his emotions right. he did not hold right. them back he did not hurt he did not harness them he 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 wove his emotions now he can he managed his emotions through his wisdom right that and there's a huge difference yeah. versus versus some people manage their emotions through folly misunderstanding mm-hmm. uh, unbelief mm-hmm. all these things but jesus right managed his emotions through his knowledge his understanding his wisdom and know who he was through his identity yeah. he did not hold back right. he just controlled them through his who who he tr- knew he truly was
0: right well and it's important that we when we're reading the scriptures we're looking at the life of jesus He got away every day to get alone with the Father, I think, to really process those emotions because he's dealing with these disciples and, you know, all of that life that happens to really then connect deeply with the Father. And that's what I'm doing in this resiliency coaching is we're examining the strong emotions. If we're in flight, fight, freeze, fawning mode— what story we're telling ourselves to uncover a limiting belief, looking at unhealthy coping strategies, but then really going to the Father to get that deep heart need met, which is what I believe Jesus did was to connect deeply with the father
1: yeah and I and I think it's so, and I think it's important to let people know that you know, as King Solomon said at Coliases, it's a time to mourn. I think it's okay to go back and and, and get an understanding of why you are responding emotionally. Why do you do these things? Why do you cope? How do you cope? And I think it's important that you ask the Holy Spirit to help you go through the process of remembering and mourning and getting that he, healing to yeah. it, and, 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 and it's okay. It's, well, because
0: Jesus is Redeemer. He is in the redemptive process. Sorry to cut you off there, but okay. I get passionate about it because Jesus wants to go back and redeem but he's also but he's up.
1: also a gentleman and he won't go where he's not invited and right. you have to invite him back to those areas for healing yeah. and that's part of that morning process it came out to me when I was reading that and and there's a time for it and and it's okay. And I just encourage everybody to go reflect on your life and reflect on your emotions. What stings you? What numbs you? What causes you to withdraw? And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your heart to you. I mean, we put these things away in filing cabinets in the recesses of our heart. We try to throw away the key and not remember it, but it has effect on our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's in a stinging you know, and a withdrawing effect. Well, that's not what he wants. He wants us to remember and to be thankful and to be. He did, he wants us to participate in a daily festival mm-hmm. with him and with his people. Right. The Old Testament he commanded it, but now he just wants you in, to to participate in a daily festival of really, living really well. And sometimes, in and, and to do that, you are going to have to go back and deal, figure out why do I cope the way I cope, to be set free and to live that life he's created you to live right. wholeheartedly, to where your soul is prospering, and to when your soul prospers. Your, your life will, will will raise to that high water mark.
0: Well, and that's what we identify is those deep needs, the need for love, for safety, security, uh, value, worth, that deep connection. So that is why it's so important that our soul has to pros- prosper because that is where we live. And I love David, you know, in the Psalms. David was a man after God's own heart. And He is very much emotional in the Psalms, but I love how he always comes back to bringing it back to the truth of who God is and who he is in relationship with him. But, you know, we have better promises because we live in a new covenant that David did not. So, all right, Fred, we could go on and on and on. So, I just want to thank you for being on here just to talk about, really, in a discussion format, the importance of. A thriving soul and living life to the fullest and do you want to just i just want to
1: leave the uh, the um listener to one thing in philippians 4 6 7 it says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god and the peace of god will rule really, will, 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 which surpasses understanding actually it will guard your hearts and minds in jesus christ and we just can read over that, thinking, "Okay, I have a need—physical need. I have a, a relational need. I have this need." But I think he, I just encourage this the um, the listener to take that scripture about being anxious in, in, but in everything, and that everything is a key word. Apply that everything to to the recesses of your heart and to the things that that, that may cause you to to separate and disconnect and to to not to not um, to to shy away and to cope apply that it says everything not just your physical and your possibly relational but ask the Lord to to really get into the show you the show you the recesses of your heart and things that He would like you to deal with on from an emotional perspective mm-hmm. because He really needs you to be the person He created you to be to help His kingdom prosper and he, and He's got people out there in front of front of each and every one of us that we can touch and to influence yeah. and to, to to bring to whole health. Mm-hmm. But we have to do that heart work first. Yeah. And and so take that Philippians 4 6, 4, 4, 6, and 7 to really apply that to possibly, it says everything to that area of your emotions and to your imagination.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right. Okay, friends. So if that resonates with you, um, or if you really want to, know more about how can you experience this emotional, mental, uh, relational prosperity thriving, message me at lori at laurieksnider.com. I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can DM me on social at lori K. Snyder. But um, I want to hear from you. I want to hear if this resonates with you. Or if you have questions, visit my website, lauriksnider.com. And until next time, I pray that your soul prospers and that you are in health and thriving in all aspects of life. God bless.